This is the Game Time Guru Podcast, where I interview sports figures from all over the world to help deliver a panoramic view on sports. So whether you're a former athlete, one of the crazies, or simply a casual sports fan, this is the perfect show for you as we peel back the curtains and learn from our guests every single week. I'm your host, Shane Larson, and I'm helping you see sports through a different lens. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Game Time Guru Podcast. My name is Shane Larson. It's another amazing opportunity to learn from a, a sports figure from somewhere in the world. And uh, as you guys know, if you haven't actually listened to my show, I should I should say this first. If you haven't listened to my show yet, we, we're almost six years deep into this show. Currently, we're in over 113 countries, all 50 states. Um, and every single Friday, I bring on a new guest and I interview them. And I, I hear about their sports stories. So we launch episodes every Friday morning. So if you guys are new to the show, this is the first time you're listening. Maybe you know our guest um, and you wanted to listen to his interview. Well, if you want to listen to more, just hit that subscribe button and you can catch him every single Friday. And you can go back and listen to some of the, the previous episodes that we've had, some of the uh, interviews and whatnot. I also want to remind you, if you're an entrepreneur or business owner out there that uh, wants to utilize sales funnels for your business, I'm going to put a link here in the description for ClickFunnels. Uh, ClickFunnels is an awesome software for you guys to put your businesses online. So if you're listening to this and you happen to be a business owner, feel free to click that link below and uh, you can get uh, ClickFunnels at a very discounted rate. It's a very, very good rate um, if you wanted to get a yearly discount on that. So click the link here in my description. So very rarely do we bring on to this show now that we're getting back into the interview very rarely do we bring on runners uh, but i actually love the conversations i've had with runners on this show i've only had a handful of them in the last six years of doing this uh, but today we're going to bring bring on a sprinter he's he's a track star you know they say he's a runner he's a track star uh, his name's dante brown and uh, we're going to get to know him and his story and and uh, what he's learned through his track career so uh dante thanks for joining the show brother Hey, thanks for having me. It's it's an honor, dude. I, I'm I'm absolutely honored to have you with me. So let's let's talk about you know most recently, um, where you were or where you are running at, um, and and competing at. So let 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 listeners know where you're at currently, and then I'm gonna rewind the clock and kind of learn more about your story to get you to this point. So where what's the most current standing of where you are at for running? So right now, um, actually at Grambling State University. Um, down there, close to Ruston, Louisiana, um, HBCU. So that's where I'm at right now. HBCU. All right. I like it. Okay. So we're at Grambling State. Um, I want to get to know, we're going to, like I said, we're going to rewind the clock. Running yeah. at, at Grambling State. So everybody's listening right now. That's where he's at. Cool. We're going to learn how Dante got there, though. Dante, when you were growing up, I mean, I don't know about you, but there's like, me at least, running, even as an athlete growing up, competing in you know, football, basketball, boxing, I, I hated running. Running was never like a fun thing for me. And a lot of kids seem to be that way. A lot of athletes don't actually enjoy running. But I'm curious, when you were when you were younger, when did you realize that you had a gift for being able to compete in running? Actually, um, and I love I, I love that, that question. So when I was younger, I always had talent. You know, like I was just an athlete. I was a very active um, child. And I, I used to love watching Usain Bolt run. So when I was like six or seven, I never forget, we lived on this long street, like almost like the size of a football field, the length of a football field. And my grandfather and I, we would always go outside every day and we'll mark off a, a hundred yards. Cause you know, Usain Bolt record is nine, five, eight and a hundred meters. And I used to go outside 
and I used to run 100 yards every day. And every day my time would get faster. Every week my time would get faster. And I'll always say one day I'm going to beat Usain record. And the crazy thing is I didn't start actually running track until my 10th grade year. Long story short, my teacher, we had a great relationship. And he just so happened to be the track coach. And he asked a question one day, like, man, who going to run track up in here? I was like, I'm going to run. He was like, you ain't going to do that. You know, because like I said, I never ran until then. He was like, you ain't going to do nothing. You playing. And I actually went out there in my first year running track, my 10th grade year, um, I won a state championship. And not only did I win a state championship, but I ran summer track. So I went to the Junior Olympics my first year now, and I finished fifth and sixth in the nation. I finished fifth. Um, in a hundred meter dash and six in a two hundred meter dash, and from that year forward, I knew that it was my calling. Just to have so much early on success, my first year running, I knew that you know that's what God wanted me to do, and so you know I stuck with it. I ran my eleventh grade year, won the state championship. Twelfth grade year, won the state championship. So ever since I started running my tenth grade year, I just had so much you know success. So I knew then that what God called upon me you know to do. So I just stuck with it ever since then. That's wild, man. It's cool to see that, you know, you looked up Usain Bolt as well. I mean, that's a good, uh, that's a good superstar, if you will, to be looking up to dude right. knows what he's doing, obviously in the sport. Um, and for you, did you play any other sports competing in any other sports growing up until the 10th grade year? Or was that like the first sport you actually competed in at a high level? Actually, um, I played football for one okay. year. I played football my eighth grade year. Um, I played special teams and I started it on um, free safety. And like I said, I was just an all-around athlete. Um, they begged me to play in high school. And looking back now, I wish I would have taken the opportunity because speed kills. Man, you, you have oh. guys in NFL uh, just speed, you know. So now, fast forward a couple years later in my life, looking back, I wish I would have, you know, took the opportunity and played football because there's no telling where I would have been, man. But, you know, I know everything happened for a reason. And God put me here for a reason. So, you know, I, I try not to dwell too much on the past, but sometimes I do wish I would have, you know, played and I could have been a two-way sport guy, you know, but, you know, it's all good. Yeah, for sure. But it, it obviously seems like it worked out for you, right? Like right. It, it, you, you, you're in the right spot for the right reason. You, you got right. your perspective, right? You know, right. Uh, you know, I'm curious about the training aspect. I have a lot of listeners on the show that are young athletes that are in high school and so forth. And their parents also listen to the show. Okay. And I want to know if you could give them some advice, you know, in regards to training for track. So like if you're a sprinter, for example, what are some of the training outside of actually running weight training, plyometrics, anything like that, that you realized helped you in the high school level? Cause I mean, obviously you were a naturally gifted athlete. You said that from a young age, you kind of realized that you were fast and, and so forth, but eventually you start having to, to train, you know, you know, you have to actually take care of your body and, and, and so forth to be able to put it into a, you know, compete at a high level. So could you explain to, to us, like in high school, what you were doing as you were starting to get the momentum rolling, winning state championships and being able to compete at that high level? What were you doing for your body to be able to get better, st bigger, stronger, faster in, in the running game? Like you said, um, the key component in that is, is training. But what separates, um, I'm trying to see how can I word this. I would say the biggest part in training when you're a, tra a track athlete is not actually running but it's the weight room, you know, because the speed there. And, of course, as you get older, you get faster, you know, just naturally. But a lot of people don't know that the strength is what really takes you to another level because especially like if you're doing a 200, you know, 
the hundred is so quick, the sixty is so quick, but you have to have that extra kick, you know, to, to hold off your opponents and finish the race. So the weight room is very important. And I didn't start lifting weights until I got in college, and I saw the transition. I mean, I went from running. 10-6, 10-5 out of high school to hit the weight room and running 10-2, 10-3 my first year in college. So I got stronger. You know, like I said, you you naturally get faster. It's always good to train. Of course, that's important. But the weight room is what's really going to take you to the next level and elevate you. And technique is the most important thing in track, track and field as well. Um, you can be fast, but if you don't have a proper technique and a proper mechanics, um, that can slow you down as well. You know, running too tense, you just want to make sure you have you know, great form, great mechanics, great techniques, and, you know, just stay in the weight room. You have to be consistent in the weight room because that's really what's going to take you to the next level. That's awesome. That's awesome information. It's great information. So it, it goes to show, like, the weight room is essential for all sports. Like, right. people are like, oh, it's only for football. No, nah, dude, that's basketball. That's 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 track and field. That's everything. The weight room is essential. But what kind of, uh, I guess, for you when you got into college and you made that transition and started doing a lot of the weights, what would you say, Dante, was like one of the main focal points? I guess a focal point for lifting was it your legs? Were you doing squats? Were you doing were you doing more explosive movements? You know, power cleans. What kind of uh, weight training were you guys focused on for the track and field side of things? Um, to be honest, it's a it's a mixture of everything. And in track and field, you don't want to lift too too heavy, you know, because we're not football players. And I think that's why a lot of people get it mixed up. Like you said, they think it's just for football, but it's vital for every sport, you know, like you said, and especially track and field. So like how the football players, they squatting and, you know, five, 600 pounds, you know, we're not doing that heavy. So we have a balance, you know, lower body is important. Um, upper body is just important as well. So like you said, uh, we do the squats, we do the power cleans, um, bench press, but we don't lift as heavy and track. You just want to tone up and, you know, stay at, stay at that rate because you get too heavy. A lot of people don't know too much muscle can slow you down. So you just want to really tone up and just stay consistent. So we do a mixture of a lot of things. Like you said, um, hang cleans, front squats, and we just keep a balance. That's why we live three days a week. So like Monday, we'll probably do lower body. Wednesday, we'll do upper body. And then Thursday, we'll probably do a little bit of both mixed in with abs, you know, or, you know, something like that. So it's just a, it's really a balance. Totally, man. That's, that's cool. So, my next question is, you know, going from the high school side of things where you were seeing a lot of success and then trans, you know, transitioning over to the college side of things. Um, talk to us about the transition from high school athletics to college athletics. I like to ask the ask athletes that come on the show because, you know, I, I'm curious how it works for the tr uh, track and field side of things. A lot of people talk about speed, you know, maybe the speed of the game was different, but for, for track and field, how does that, what was the biggest transition? And then from an academic standpoint, you know, in high school, a lot of kids can just get by. In college, now you have to focus on your academics to make sure you're at least eligible to be competing. So talk to us about that transition from high school to the college side of things. Um, basically, my transition, it was pretty smoothly. Um, I was nervous. Um, I was very nervous because I didn't know how things were going to play out. I know I had a lot of success on the high school level, but I know, hey, when I get to college, you know, I'm, I'm with the big dogs, you know. But I know I'm a big dog as well, but I have to. I have to earn their respect once I get there, you know, so I had the respect in high school, but my mindset was always, I'm going to be great wherever I go. And in track and field, if you're fast, you're going to be fast. So my first year, I ended up going to William Carey University. Um, it's an NAI school. It's like an hour and a half from my hometown, Jackson, Mississippi. Um, it's located in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Um, so when I got to William Carey, um, I had success instantly. 
Um, I, I came in and I finished runner up my first year in the 60 meter dash, um, 200. Um, I finished fourth, third and fourth outdoor, fourth and fifth outdoor. I'm sorry. And that was my first year. So to come in and, you know, be all American runner up indoor, you know, that was a blessing. Like I said, I had just started running track my 10th grade year. So for this success to carry over to college, you know, I was feeling pretty great. And my second year, I actually won the national championship. So I was a run-up my first year, came in my, my sophomore year, and I won the indoor 60-meter um, dash championship. And I also won the 200-meter dash um, indoor championship. And unfortunately, that's when COVID hit. So we didn't have um, an outdoor season. So after that season, I transferred to Auburn, and it's just like it got better. I came in my first year, and I won the SEC championship in a 60-meter dash. So, like, God has just blessed me in so many ways. But like I said, I have so much success. And a lot of people don't transition their success. You know, you hear a lot of big names in high school, but sometimes they just fall off, you know, when they get to college. So I was so thankful and grateful that, I didn't fall victim to that. You know, I just stayed focused. I stayed working hard. You know, I never doubted myself and all the hard work paid off, you know, to come in the SEC, which is the top conference, the best of the best and win a, a championship your first year, um, all American, make it the nationals finish top 10, you know, it's a blessing. So just very thankful for that. That is awesome. Yeah. It shows the, the hard work that you've put in. The consistency is a big piece of it. I want to talk about the consistency part of it. From your standpoint, like, what's a normal day look like for you in training, though? You talk about the weight room and stuff, but, like, there's got to be a point where you're overtraining. Like, that's the one thing is, like, how do you – what's a day look like for you, Dante, when you're trying to to get ready and, you know, you're working working on your game, so to speak, to, to get ready for, you know, a meet, so to speak. So I, I just want to know what it's like from a runner standpoint, what a day looks like for you in training. That's a great question, and that's a hard question because, well, since we're – actually talking about me i will just say this to add it in um that really solely depends on your coach you know because you have a lot of coaches and some athletes overtrain a lot of people don't know that rest is so essential like it's okay you know to, to go hard but your body needs rest man we practice six days a week five days a week you know some point in a time, you know, your body needs, you know, rest. So, like, a, a day in training for me is, you know, first I, I wake up, of course. Um, I have class, and then I have practice around um, 3 o'clock. So, my practice usually lasts for, like, an a hour and a half, two hours, depending on what we do. And then we hit the weight room after. So, uh, Mondays are typically like a speed day. So, we have everything broken up. So, Mondays are a speed day. Tuesdays are our harder day. You know, that's when we do, like, the longer distance stuff. Wednesday is our recovery day, so, you know, no practice. You can go get a flush out, treatment or whatever. You know, just giving your body a day to recover. And then Thursday and Friday we hit it, and sometimes we have um, practice on Saturday mornings. So it's, it's very hard, but you have to have balance, like I said. And sometimes you can overtrain your body, and you see it a lot in track runners, you know, just going so hard, so hard, so hard. And I know people feel like, well, you know, you got to practice, you know, to get better, but your, your body also needs rest. So I, I know what my body can handle and what it can't handle. So 
and I and I love that about my coach. You know, he has balance not only with me, but you know, all of us. You know, and he makes sure that we know that if we need rest, you know, let him know. Like he always tell us, it's not a tough man contest. If you're feeling something, you know, just just let me know. We have a long season ahead of us. You know, we don't want to risk you being out four to five months when you can just take this week off and you know get your get your body right. You know, mentally, physically, you know, all of that. So that's really where I'm at with that. No, that's awesome, man. That's such good insight. Have you ever experienced any injuries? Because I know like in the running game, like when you're running and you have any kind of tweak, whether it's an ankle, a hamstring, a calf, whatever, it seems like it lingers. So I'm curious, in your experience, knock on wood, have you ever had any uh, any injuries that have that have hit you um, during yeah, the running game? I have. Um, I had a couple of injuries as well. And it's so crazy because the couple of injuries that I had, I got outside of track. Um, oh, doing some other activities, but I have had a few injuries, but I can say for most of my career, I have been healthy. That's a good thing. Um, but I do have tendonitis in my knees and that's just an ongoing disease. You know, it's really no cure for that. It's something that just goes away with time. You know, you have to continue to get treatment or whatever. So that, that is a, a injury that I have that kind of sucks because, I can just be standing up too long and my knees are just ache. Like it's kind of nothing that you can do about it. And it's, it's like an aching pain. And if I'm running too hard or too much, knees are just swell and it'd it be fluid up in there. It's like my patella is actually off, you know, my kneecap is just full of fluid. So that's an ongoing injury I have. Um, I have suffered um, a groin injury and that was pretty tough. Um, that groin is nothing to play with. That groin is nothing to play with. So, I just got rest, you know, your body needs rest. So I took the time off just to rest and get rehab and, you know, I recovered perfectly. So thank God for that. Oh yeah, man. Like injuries suck. Groin's no joke, man. Like groin, if you have any kind of groin injury, it's, it's nagging. It just sits there and lingers and you re-aggravate it if you're not careful. So it's the rest is essential. But for athletes, what I've always noticed and including in myself in my younger days was like, you know, when you go through an injury, the the athletes want to be out there competing so they typically get out there too quickly um mm -hmm. and i think that's a big piece for athletes to understand especially you know because they want they're like well i need to get film out there for people i need to be out there i got to compete if i'm sitting back i'm they're all working hard well the thing is they, they don't have the patience to sit back and wait and like let their bodies recover um a conversation i wanted to have with you too is about nutrition uh when i had a guy on my show his name was trevor moad and trevor was russell wilson uh the quarterback's mental coach and he would he also worked with Georgia's football team, Alabama's football team, and he he worked with various college football programs. And he talked about in his book and as well as on my show that the nutrition side of things and hydration was such a big piece. He he brought up Fred Taylor, who used to be a running back for the Jaguars back in the day. And when Fred was dealing with hamstring injuries consistently and he was trying to make it to his third year so he could get a contract, a second contract with the NFL, um, he was trying to stay healthy that year. And they realized that like his hydration was it was a big piece and his sleep so what ended up happening is they talked about like he needed to get uh he, he needed to get up in the mornings and come to the training facility at 6 a.m so what that in turn did is it changed the way that he would do his nightlife well if he had to get up at six in the morning he wasn't going to be out drinking all night long because it's going to dehydrate him and he's gonna be tired so naturally he started to like get back in a cycle of like okay i was drinking more water i was going to bed on time i was resting and then he obviously went uh in his third season and made his contract year um, he got a second contract and they talked about the importance of nutrition and hydration. So I want to know from your standpoint, if that's ever been a focal point for you and other runners that you've competed with. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's so funny because 
Everyone asks me that. I kid you not. I have never been like on a diet or a nutrition plan. Like I literally eat hot wings the day before I race. I, I can't. Oh man. For the listeners out there, the upcoming athletes, do not do that. Do not do that. <laughs> so like, it's so funny. Um, I never forget. Of course, we had like the team meals and stuff the the night before. So I coach all order us water. Everybody be getting, you know, pasta, salad, and I order a steak. You know, so I've never been on a, a nutrition plan, but hydration is very important. Um, and it's best to hydrate, you know, a couple of days before. A lot of people try to chug down water um, the night of, you know, you have to give yourself, you know, at least three or four days to hydrate. So I can say that is very important. Um, but me personally, I have never been like on a diet plan or nutrition. Like I literally be at the meat and candy. I promise. Like, but like I said, for the listeners, I'm just being honest. Don't do that though. But that's just me. But yeah, hydration is very important though. I can tell you guys that. And you want that you want to do it at least, you know, three or four days out to get the, 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 the best, you know, results. That's, that's awesome. No, I'm, I'm actually glad that you, you shared that and were candid with that because some people like are gifted that way. They don't have to worry about it. I mean, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't until I was 28 years old that I started gaining weight and I was like, Oh, I might not be able to get away with the way I used to be for so long. You know, I, I totally get that. So don't, don't, don't worry about that. I think there's the majority of athletes, probably, especially in the college level are, are like that because their metabolism's high. They're competing at a high level all the time. They don't really need to worry about that necessarily. Right. But, um, the next question I had for you, Dante, was in regards to the topic of NIL. The way that I came across your profile was looking at the athlete um, Instagram page. And I actually, the guy who runs athlete is from my hometown. He's from Boise. I'm a Boise State alum myself. And so, like, he's from this area over here in, in, in Boise and in Idaho. And uh, I, I always like to follow different pages just to kind of see. I, I love to follow sports. And I love to follow sports figures that, like, I don't really know. And so like certain pages like this, I think are really cool because you get to hear about different people in the sports world. That's how I came across your page. And I was like, Oh, okay. Um, the whole NIL deal is super cool in my opinion. And, and it's relatively new. It's only been a little bit over a year and a half old where NIL is, you know, seeping into, you know, athletics. And I want to know from your perspective as an athlete yourself currently, the NIL situation, uh, do you feel like it's a it's a benefit? And how, you know, how can other athletes benefit from it without it becoming a distraction? Oh, most definitely. I feel like um, it was the perfect, perfect thing to put in place for athletes. And not just because of money-wise, but, like, I just feel like it's more exposure. You know, people see you represent these companies, and you, ne- you just never know who's watching, like you said, how you found my page, you know? So I feel like it was a great thing to put in place for athletes. And like I said, it's not even about the money. It's just the opportunities, you know? You never know, like I said, who's watching. Um, And me being a business owner, I know that it's not only building their brand, but mine as well. Like I said, you're getting all these NIL deals. You're getting so many engagements on your page. I'm not only building their brand, but I'm building a brand for myself outside of college. You know, I know I can't run track forever. So that's just the way of me, you know, taking full advantage of it and just trying to build my brand as well. Because I know what I want to do, you know, when track is all said and done. I know I have to have a life after that. So you know, people don't understand that social media is your biggest platform and you can do so many things with it. It's all about networking. So I feel like um, it was a great thing that they 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 brought along NILs, you know. It's amazing. 
Totally. No, no, I love to see people like yourself who are leveraging it for the right the right way, right? Like they're leveraging NIL, plat- like the, you're understanding that it can build your platform. It can help you with your own business too because you're running your own business. And it's it's a good opportunity for you to get your name out there. And I love the what you just said there, Dante, which was you never know who's watching. Um, and I can speak to that even with this podcast. You know, I started this six years ago when I was 28 years old. And uh, you never know who's watching it. And, and it, I was started it in the kitchen of my old house and I was just kind of doing some stuff. And then I started reaching out to different athletes and lo and behold, I mean, many opportunities in the sports media world have blown up because I decided to do a podcast and actually stick with it. You never know who's listening. You never know who's watching and these opportunities to have other platforms out there. Now I've grown this show to being in 113 countries, all 50 States. Like it's blown up organically because you never, like I had random people that were like reaching out to me, former NFL people, Lee Steinberg, former NFL agent. Um, all these people were reaching out and, I never knew they were watching, but it's because I might've had somebody on the show that they liked or some, or somebody they had contact with. And so opportunities came about. And I think NIL opportunities like that, if you're able to leverage certain brands and platforms to represent them, it helps you out, it helps them out. Um, and you never know. So it does put a little bit more responsibility. This is one thing I wanted to ask you about though, too, because a lot of athletes aren't, they don't understand responsibility. And when you're representing another company or something like that, um, there is responsibility that comes with that. You know, you might not be able to, to go out and post whatever you want. Have you noticed any of that for yourself? Um, you know, the responsibility that it takes, because I want to make sure we educate the younger athletes too. Like if you're going to take advantage of some of the NIL opportunities and by NIL, I'm talking about name, image, and likeness. And, you know, if you're going to do that and you want to take advantage of that, there are sacrifices that probably need to be made because you have to represent these people professionally. Can you talk to that? Yeah, most definitely. Um, and I tell anybody, especially being an athlete who's watched a lot and especially when you're a top athlete, you have to be mindful of what you post, you know, um, what might not be a big deal to us because, you know, we're younger, it might be a big deal, you know, to somebody in a higher standard. Like you said, you just want to, you know, keep your page clean. So like, if you looked on my page, um, I have nothing on there, but NILs and basically track, you know, so I, I, I made my page to where it's almost like professional, you know, in a, a business account. And that draws in a lot of companies as well. You know, they go on your page and they look, you have a nice clean page, you have everything laid out. So you definitely want to be uh, mindful of what you post because one bad post and, you know, boom, you know. So if you want to, you know, do all that, you know, just be careful, you know, make a spam or close friends, whatever, but just try to keep your main page, you know, as clean as possible. Absolutely, man. I love that advice. I hope everyone take notes, takes note of that. Rewind that if you guys didn't listen to that. And you're like, wait, what did he just say? Rewind that, take notes, because that's a super important piece to all of this. Because, um, I mean, you got to be you, when you're representing somebody. This, this is the real world now. You got to rep, you got to yeah. represent yourself in a professional manner. Um, and if you want to take advantage of those opportunities, sometimes you got to do things that maybe you weren't expecting to do. You got to sacrifice a little bit. You know, um, I can't believe I wasn't actually following you. I found your page and I just followed you right now as we're talking. I literally clicked. I was like, how am I not following you? I'm literally, I've looked at your page like 25 times in the last two weeks. <laughs> so like, anyway, um, that's so funny how that works. I was like, how am I not following him? Um, I would encourage you guys. I'm going to put your, your link here in the description so people can okay. go and follow you on Thank your page. So make sure to go follow Dante's Instagram page. If you guys want to get a little insight on what a clean page looks like, go, go check that out now. And then I'm going to ask you a couple other questions here before we wrap it up. So you mentioned the NA, the NAIA school that you went to, then you mentioned Auburn, you mentioned Grambling State, you mentioned, you know, th- actually four different schools. I can't remember the one in between Auburn and the first one. Did you mention four? Probably, I'm talking about my high school, but you know, oh. we're here, 
um, Arum, and now Grambling. So okay, yeah. so three, three. Okay, okay. So, but they're at different levels. That's what I. That's the main thing I wanted to talk about. You're talking about an NAIA. You're talking about an SEC, and then you're at the. You know, you're right. you're at Grambling State, right? So there are different levels of athletics and so forth and facilities. Can you talk about that for a second? Maybe the facilities. What was the the what was the difference in facilities at each one of those universities? Man, it's a big difference. Um, SEC, and I understand why so many athletes <laughs> wanna you know compete at the SEC level. It's just the resources are amazing, man. And looking back it'll make you appreciate what you have, you know, even more. Not saying that I was ever unappreciative, but now being at a smaller school, you know, we don't have as much resources as I did at Arum. It just pushes me and it, and it encouraged me to grind even more because I know that I don't have an indoor track like Kentucky or LSU, you know. So it, it, it's not discouraging at all. And I, I want to encourage everyone out there, man, it don't matter where you go, you know. If you want it, you're going to go get it. But resources do play a factor. You know, of course, the bigger schools have better resources or they probably have better trainers, um, better connections. But if you really want to do something, no matter where you're at, that's not going to stop you at all. If anything, it's going to make you go harder, you know, because we have to work 10 times, you know, harder because we're at the bottom almost. So the resources are definitely um, it's a big gap in the resources and the facilities. You know, of course, they look nice and they have more money, you know. Yeah. Don't let it discourage you at all. And I've been on every level, you know, now. So I know what to expect. I know how to adapt. You know, so it just made me work even harder because I know, you know, I'm not at this place anymore. But it doesn't discourage me at all. Totally. There are like, yeah, you mentioned there's there's funding. I don't think a lot of people realize it. Um, as a Boise State alum, I'm also an Ohio State Buckeyes fan. So when I go out to Columbus, Ohio, I'll travel out there for games sometimes. That was a big shock to me because Boise State football, if you ever follow Boise State football, we play on the Smurf turf. You know, they, they've got a pretty good reputation for being a winning program in the last decade or two. Um, but a lot of the people here in Boise are kind of like, they don't understand there's levels to the game of athletics. So like when I went out to Ohio State and I see the facilities they had compared to Boise State, and then I'm like, yeah, th there's a big difference when it comes to, I mean, the game, the game of football is a game of football. Just like track is track. Like when you're running, you're running. Right. But the facilities and such, you start to realize like, oh, there's levels to this because money is a big deal. Like there's a lot more money going into the Big Ten than it is over here to the Mountain West and mm. so forth with the SEC, just like you were saying. But at the end of the day, the sport is still the same. So you're yeah. going to have to get out there and compete. Right. So I like that you said that. I mean, it's just interesting to see like, you know, every every school is a little bit different. Everyone has different resources. But at the end of the day, you're going to if you want it, you're going to go get it. So you got to put the work in regardless. Yeah. Um so, so Dante, my, my question for you in regards to your track career, you mentioned, you know, you have aspirations for when track is done, when you're done running, like when those days are over. Um, but what, it, what, what is your goal for running? Do you, do you see yourself competing after college is done and trying to compete at some other level? Um, or do you consider yourself like, okay, when college is done, I'm going to move on to my business career full-time? Um, to be honest, um, and a lot of people ask me that question a lot, but I try not to think about it a lot. I know that I can potentially, you know, go pro. Um, I just have to handle my part. But I, I don't like to dwell on it a lot, you know, because sometimes I catch myself overthinking, like, I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to do that. So um, the best way to answer that is I just say I'm going to handle my part and, you know, give it my best. And if God wants me to continue to run track, you know, he'll bless me with the opportunity, you know, to go pro. 
Uh, but I'm praying that eventually after this season or whatever, um, I do drop some good enough times to go pro. Um, I'm almost there. PR 10, 11. Um, you run like nine, you know, you can get you a contract for sure. So I just want to, you know, focus and take it day by day. You know, I try not to think so far ahead. You know, sometimes you can mess yourself up thinking so far ahead, which is nothing wrong with thinking about the future and, you know, having your eggs, you know, in a row in one basket. But I just say I just want to enjoy it while I can, you know, take it day by day. And if the opportunity presents itself, of course, you know, I'm going to take it. I dig that, man. That's awesome. That's actually really, really cool. So uh, the, with the business side of things, you know, I was going to say, if you guys go to Dante's page on his Instagram page, you'll see some food there, right? We talked about food. Like, talk to us about talk to us about the food side of things. I see food trucks on here on your highlights. I mean, you got all sorts of, like, really good-looking freaking food. Like, okay. So talk to us about the business side of things um, okay. and what you're doing on that side. Okay, so actually – um. I own my own clothing line and I actually have on my jacket uh, right now. Um, it's called Glory Clothing. Um, and I first started out with GOE, which represents, well, which stands for God over everything. Um, so I actually put that to the side right now just to focus on school and focus on graduation or whatever. But right now, my mom, she owns um, a restaurant and I just promote as much as I can. Um, and help her out because I know how much it means to her. So that's actually who food that is. Uh, and I, ah. I can't, I can't cook. My mom does all the cooking. You know, I just promote. I just bring the people out. So yeah, um, that's my mom restaurant, um, Cloud Nine, featuring Southern Creative Cravings. I'm sorry. So yeah, that's when everybody asks me about their food, that'd be the first thing they say. Dante, can you cook for me? Do you know how to cook? I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I'm just good at promote. I just bring the people out. I cannot cook. <laughs> I love it. No, you're you're the marketer. You just call it mom, and she she comes and cooks it for you. No, that's awesome. So so you mentioned the clothing line. You put it to the the clothing line. You put to the side, or was yeah. it the the yeah. okay? So clothing line you put to the side for a minute while you're while you're trying to graduate and so forth. Is there any way to still purchase any clothing from you still? Um, actually, everything is sold out. We had just did a drop um not too long ago, and we sold out. But um, you guys can definitely check that out um on Instagram. Glory Clothing, G-L-O-R-Y Clothing. Um, and it'll pop up. It'll have like a, a bird um, for the profile picture. And I would get on that, you know, as soon as I just settle down with everything. Like I said, sometimes you get kind of caught up having too many things going on at uh -huh. once. So I really wanted to just put that to the side and focus on what was in front of me, which was, you know, school, track, and graduating. So that's kind of why I kind of put that to the side. Oh yeah, totally. You gotta you gotta prioritize things and package right. them up. But I'll I'll uh, I'll still put the 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 Glory Clothing Instagram link okay. here in the description as well, so people can check it out. I want to check it out myself and and kind of keep an eye on what's going on there. If if you open it up in the future and and happen to have opportunities there, awesome. Um, that's that's super cool. So my question for you, Dante, is like in regards to you know you're around you're around business, whether it was for your clothing line or you've seen your mom run her food business. You know, what are the parallels between, you know, track and field competing in sports? I always talk about the parallels between sports and life. Uh, there's a lot of things you can learn um, from competing in, in athletics. Have you noticed anything from your track and field days that you've been able to either implement in your own business or that you've seen your mom implement in hers uh, that you could speak to today? Most definitely. Um, one thing that's going to always parallel uh, from sports to real life to business is consistency. You have to be consistent. That's just like um, one day we might sell 100 plates. Next day we might sell 30 plates. Next day we might sell 80 plates. But you have to be consistent. And when you're a business owner, 
you have to realize that every day is not going to be a, a goal making day, you know, but as long as you stay consistent, that's all that matters. And I tell anybody who have their own business, you know, promote your things. Like every day I get up and I, I'm promoting, you know, food, you know, from the time I wake up to the time we close. And like you said, you never know who's going to see it. So you have to be consistent in that. And that's the same thing in track. If you want to get better, you know, you have to be consistent. You can't do good one week and decide not to do good the next week. So consistency is really the key to life. And that's one of the most important things for anyone to know and to instill in their head. Like, you have to be consistent. So that's probably the thing that I say that parallel, you know, from business side to track side to, to life, period. Just consistency is really key. So perfect. I hope everyone who's listening that's an athlete or not even an athlete that just – is a as a fan of the, the of the show or whatever takes note on that too. Consistency is key. We hear it all the time. Everyone thinks it's just such a cliche saying, whatever. But here's a reason why, right? Like, listen to what Dante just said on that. Last question for you, Dante. What's your favorite memory thus far um, competing in track and field? Oh, wow, <laughs> you hit me with a good one. Um, I have to say my favorite memory would be winning the SEC championship. Um, and the reason why that memory was so special is because it was my first year. You know, I know a lot of people didn't expect me, not only me, but who would expect someone to come in their first year, run against guys, you know, who've been to SEC since they started, you know, to come in and win a championship. So I think that was like the turning point in my track and field career. And I get emotional, you know, just thinking about it. It was just an amazing feeling. You just had to like be there like, it was just so, it was just so crazy, you know, like, and I'm getting chills just thinking about it. So that's by far uh, my favorite moment. And my teammate actually finished running up as well, you know, so we went one and two, 18 points. So probably no better feeling than to get a chance to win first and second, you know, my teammate. So that's probably my favorite moment. That's dope, man. A one, two punch uh, right. in the SEC. That's, that's pretty sweet to, to go into that. That's an awesome memory, brother. I appreciate that. And, you know, I've just had a good time learning from you, Dante. You got a fan in me now. I'm going to be following your story and just kind of seeing how you're doing. So I hope the rest of y'all do it too. I hope the rest of the listeners here enjoyed the interview with Dante and and can uh, can follow his story and support him. That's the whole point of this is to kind of, you know, give a platform for you guys to share your story and and, and be able to, to enlighten some other people's minds a little bit. Um, and I think you've done that. So I just want to say thanks once again for joining me, brother, and, and uh, sharing your story. And for the listeners out there, I hope you guys enjoyed it too. And if you if you uh, want to do me a favor, just leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know something that you learned from Dante. If this is your first time listening to the show, leave us a review and say something that you learned from the guest, and uh, that would definitely help us out. But Dante, I just want to say thanks once again, man. I appreciate your time, brother. I appreciate you for having me, and I love your podcast, and I'm wishing you nothing but success moving forward. Thanks again. Yeah, absolutely, man. For the rest of you guys out there, take care. We'll be coming to you next week with another interview. Let's go. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.